Welcome to episode number 33 of the Guns and Radio podcast. As always, each and every week, I'm Chris Caputo. And I'm Dustin Bones. How you doing, man? You bored yet? Uh, not quite yet, but like, <laughs> it, at times you get there. At times you want to just like, fucking just get the hell out of here. Like, uh, <laughs> the world's in a crazy flux and, you know, we're just, we're here living it too, but we're also, you know, providing you guys with uh, our podcast each and every week. Trying to make you forget about that stuff for an hour or so, you know. Yeah, we're going to do our best to, but I mean, it's affecting our lives, so mm. we can't help but talk about it. Today, we've got a little something different in plan, in mind, though. Uh, we are going to be reviewing Tommy Demo number one, mm. but we got something else coming for you also today. It's, it's a double feature episode, Ooh. our second double feature episode ever. So uh, we'll, we'll give you some more info on that in just a second. But first, listen to this commercial. At American University, we don't just hope for change. We create it. We don't just dream of a better world. We make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash grad school. All right. Thank you for listening to that commercial. We really appreciate that. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And, listening. uh, man, dude, it's so weird right now sitting here. Staring at these walls, man. You you know what you may hear as this progresses? This this self-imposed, what do you call it? Uh, the self-imposed quarantine we're in. or Yeah, uh, self-isolation sort yeah. of thing. Social distancing, distancing, I think is what That's, they're called. Yeah, the phrase is being tossed around. I wonder if in the coming weeks you will hear us slowly start to go mad. As we, Probably. <laughs> I mean, we usually record a couple weeks in advance, so, like, right now, we're, <laughs> like, right now, the last, like, five days, like, we're recording this on the 17th of March, the last, like, last week in general, there's just been something new every hour, every, like, fucking minute, and it just keeps getting worse every day, I'm just like, oh, God. Oh, dude, I know. For us, it's been, this is Tuesday. Is mm. today Tuesday? <laughs> yeah, today's a Tuesday. Tuesday's Tuesday. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, let's see. Okay, we started smelling the shit where I'm at. We started smelling the shit on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Really smelling the shit, because I don't watch the news normally. So I was a little bit uninformed. Friday, we're going out to tape uh, some more shit for the vlog that me and Cece were doing. But Friday, I did not want to go out at all. (laughs) Yeah. Because of the shit going on. But we did anyway. And I remember being very upset about it all day because everybody kept saying while we were taping the vlog, why are you so pissy? And I was thinking because we were taping this in a bar full of people on a karaoke night. Mm-hmm. And I was saying because I don't want to be in public. And everybody's like, oh, does, you can't be scared of this shit and all this other I don't give a fuck. I'm not scared of it. I'm just not fucking with it. Yeah. And then came Saturday. And that's when we were, yeah, so so that's that's four right there. Uh, Saturday, I think, Saturday is when it really kind of hit the fan. Because mm-hmm. then we had Sunday, and I stayed away from people completely then. Except my girlfriend, she came over. Mm-hmm. And yesterday I went to work and was not very happy about it. <laughs> yeah. They don't got us working from home in my real job yet, but... When they do, it's coming. Yeah, I was going to say, they better get on that shit soon. Because there's a lot of people who are doing that. I mean, like, the non-essential stuff. Okay, well, this is what pisses me off about this. I normally don't talk about work. Mm-hmm. But basically, the people that they pay a living freaking wage are gone. Yeah. They've already sent... Uh, like It goes like tears. You know, you got each floor. The top mm-hmm. floors of the building ain't showing up for work. And little old me on the second floor is still expected to go in there with all those people every day. Yeah. 
like yesterday. I hated to do it because, I mean, I feel bad turning people away like I think you're dirty. It's not that. <laughs> it's just the shit, like the, the environment we're in now where it's like, take your precautions and just like, yeah. don't be stupid. That's it. We had a landlord inspection at my apartment today and I made him Germex when he came in. I fucking would too, bro. Anyone entered that, like, <laughs> enters your, like, sanctum, like, yep. bitch, wash your damn hands right now. Count you cross that seconds. line, you're gonna germ X. You're gonna... <laughs> Got 20 seconds on the clock, start washing. <laughs> you know, we were talking about this at work the other day with all of the, when all the memes were going around that day. It's weird, the life of a meme is, like, less than a couple of hours now. But, yeah, but that meme of uh, how to wash your hands to a uh, hang on one second. I got one thing that can make me feel a little better. The ah, good old cold one. <laughs> the meme of uh, how to wash your hands and like Paul Stanley sent one out of to rock and roll all night. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it made me think about this. And I hadn't thought about this in years. When I was little, I had a toothbrush. And uh, it would play rock and roll on that long enough for you to brush your teeth. Like you were supposed to stop when the music stopped. Oh, those things were cool as shit. I used to have one of those. And all it did was this like high pitched. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't even know who was on the toothbrush. All I know it was Kiss. It was rock and roll all night. Because the doo 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 that was in my head. I was just a little kid doing what I was told to do. I was told when the music stops, that's when you quit brushing. <laughs> yeah, those things were cool. Like the second you put them on your teeth, that's when like the song would hit, and then you just like yeah. do your shit, and then it would just stop. And be like, oh, that's it. That was cool stuff. Man, I wish I still had that. I wonder what I could yeah, get I wish for that. Bring those back. What don't you get for that on eBay? They're gonna have the bar soaps pretty soon for kids. <laughs> oh yeah I mean if they're selling like the toilet paper for like 10 bucks or more a roll <laughs> man I've been I've been lucky on the fucking toilet paper shit dude every yeah. time every time I'm not looking this gift horse in the mouth I am thanking the almighty for this situation but yeah. like this is this it's like going to a casino uh playing roulette and then your mm. number landing four times in a fucking row pretty much <laughs> like, yeah and you've bet everything on that number every fucking time yeah i'm still wondering though like why toilet paper this isn't like the taco bell virus where you're I constantly be shitting yourself for a week straight but like. <laughs> well here's the thing i didn't get in on the toilet paper craze i have a normal amount of toilet paper but yeah every time i run out of toilet paper i've had some miracle happen like mm-hmm. CC, the chick from the vlog, uh, she gave me a couple of rolls out of the blue, mm-hmm. and I tried to pay her for them, and she fought me every step of the way to the point I had to hide twenty bucks in her apartment and leave it because I couldn't take that from her in good conscience. Right when I ran out the first time, mm-hmm. then uh, the other day when those went, I was cleaning my apartment and I found a pack I didn't even know I had, mm-hmm. and a bottle of Germex. All together, as if the Almighty had left me this present. <laughs> yeah, that's like me, bro. I found like a, a little small like pocket hand sanitizer, like yeah. in my in one of my dad my desk here in my room. So I'm just like, oh, I'm just gonna use this here and there, you know. Even though it's like Halloween themed, I'm still using it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's vampire blood, but it's technically like cherry flavored. Hey, you know cherry what? Germex is Germex. Yes. It's all good, man. <laughs> Purell is Purell. That's what we need. Same thing. I guess it's the same thing. Yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Hand sanitizer. That's it. Yeah. Wash your fucking hands. At work the other day, uh, I went to, we have a little snack area where uh, we we do things to try to raise money for our department so we can have fun things happen at work. Mm-hmm. And uh, the company won't pay for it. <laughs> so we do things to raise money for ourselves like we have we were we have a, a little a little snack closet at work right where we mm-hmm. sell and i guess it's pretty much the honor system i know i've never 
I don't know how they monitor that, but like basically people go to Sam's Club, buy a bunch of snacks, bring them in there, and then they sell them for cheaper than you can buy them in the machines outside. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you don't have to go out to the hallway to get your snacks. They're right there. And, you know, get a Coke for like, I think it's like 50 cents for a soda pop mm-hmm. where you'd normally pay like 75 or a dollar in the vending machine. And, uh, yeah, so we use that to raise money so that we can, you know, have fun things to do where we, you know, we want to have a pizza party for the whole team. We can, you know, we'll have money for that and shit like that. Yeah. Well, one of the things we started selling because right before this, uh, COVID-19 thing started popping up, it was, uh, there was a new strand of the flu that's still going around. It's just nobody's talking about it anymore. Yeah, where uh, people were getting the flu and stuff like that in our in our department because it's a small office. It's a huge building, but it's a small office that we all that like three hundred people work in. Ooh. And yeah, you see why I ain't at work today. <laughs> yeah, but um, why I'm skeeved out about going back. Yeah, but uh. They were selling hand sanitizer. We started selling hand sanitizer because of the... And then all of a sudden, this virus thing started hitting. So I went back there and bought... All, I bought like five bottles for five bucks. And what I should have done, I should have bought all to, every one of them that they fucking had, in hindsight. But I could have used that to barter for toilet paper. Yeah, sure. I think that's going to be like the new currency now. It's like... <laughs> The stock markets are crashing, you know, gas is fucking cheaper than it ever was in like 50 years. I hope everybody out there, I hope you cashed in them bitcoins. Yeah, I was going to say, that probably crashed too. <laughs> Our new currency is now going to be toilet paper, uh, Lysol wipes, and hand sanitizer. Yes, that's that's yeah. the new world we live in now. So you either pay for things in squares of toilet paper squares, <laughs> or single Lysol wipes, or... Singular squirts from a pure hand sanitizer uh, thing. Let me ask you a serious question. Have you prepared yet for the day when you run out? Um, I think we're pretty good. Right now, at least in my household, we're fine. Do you have a plan? (laughs) Because that's going to be important, brother. I'm not like going that stir crazy yet, but <laughs> oh, I have a plan, dude. Listen, man. One of the most important things in life to me is how am I going to wipe my ass? <laughs> I'm not certain about that. My life starts to go a little bit off the tracks. So, <laughs> yeah. When I'm unsure about how am I going to wipe my ass, I love you guys. I love doing this podcast. Yeah. That's kind of going to be on my mind. Luckily, mm-hmm. I've come up with a solution. All right, do tell. My mother has instilled in me since I was little to never throw away a sock that doesn't have a mate in case one day you lose one of the mates to a sock that kind of looks like it. Okay. <laughs> so in my bedroom, I have a bag of mismatched socks. <laughs> oh my God, don't tell me where this is going. That's the next plan. Oh, when I went and when I went and stocked up for this uh for this sit in uh at the grocery store and I made sure I had food and stuff like that, I got all paper bags, that's plan B. Oh. <laughs> I've been getting as many newspaper old newspapers together as I can, that's plan C. Mm-hmm. And by God, when I finally run down when it when it gets so bad that I'm down to the socks they're definitely one of the last things to they're actually not even the last thing to go because i've also uh i've had to plan my laundry because i don't want to touch money as uh, as little as i can possibly do it i don't have mm-hmm. any spray disinfectant to spray on my money so i don't want to touch it mm-hmm. but i have to pay to use my laundry here so uh-huh. I need quarters, and I don't really have enough quarters to do that much laundry. So I'm planning my laundry out accordingly. Like, of course, you know, you got your underwear and, you know, your shirts as priority. Underwear, towels, and socks is your top priority. But then you've got, like, you know, your your T-shirts and 
We like jeans. I wear jeans a lot. You don't have to wash jeans all that fucking much. Probably should now, but <laughs> I mean, I can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so then, anyway, uh, I've I've been sorting my laundry, and I've always had this kind of floor robe system going on for dirty laundry. <laughs> But I've got a pile of T-shirts now that have become stained over the years that I'll pick them up and go, all right, I love, oh, but I love this shirt, but I don't know how to take this stain out of it, so fuck it, it goes into the never going to wear that again pile. Uh, That never going to wear that again pile was getting ready to get donated, but... Now it's in a box. (laughs) Now it's in a box waiting to be cut up into strips. Yep. Your offer has been rescinded. Fuck you. <laughs> when that day comes, that day no. ha- I haven't actually put the scissors to the cloth yet, but Dustin has put together several layers of this plan of how I'm going to wipe my ass. So, like, you know how you've got the terrorist system where it's all those weird colors and things you can't understand. The way, oh, yeah. the way I'll be referring to maybe even on this podcast as this. Uh, bullshit going on whatever you want to call it this epidemic instead of using codes as to where we're at i'm going to be using what i'm wiping my ass with right now we're on toilet paper (laughs) now we don't have to worry about dustin becoming like mad max (laughs) and going into that mode until we're down to bare skin (laughs) just hand meets ass <laughs> when we're down to bare skin, oh, we God. this podcast may be starting to get on its last leg because then I'll be definitely losing my mind. So when we get to epidemic level T-shirt, you know we need to kind of start. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that'd be like reverse evolution. We're we going back to primates now. <laughs> we're on the dragon scoot. <laughs> <laughs> The shower curtain is long gone. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I really wish I had blinds. In my, I wish I had curtains in my apartment instead of just blinds. Yeah. <laughs> Non-essential fabrics. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, pillowcase. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Gosh, I hope this shit settles soon, though, man. I do, too, man. We're making light of it, but just be honest. We're all in this together. Oh, absolutely. Just uh, as I tweeted, I think a little, a lot, a few weeks ago, a little while ago, I said, uh, wash your damn fucking hands, or else Corona is going to bring it to your knees. <laughs> oh, man. I think you're right, though. I think here in the next couple of days, probably mm-hmm. weeks for you guys listening, but in the next couple of days, we I don't know what's going to happen from the time that we're recording this to the time that you guys actually hear it. Uh, we may do some things, some extra things mm-hmm. for our own sanity. <laughs> yeah. We did give you uh, an extra, give you the, uh, the dirt watch along on the... Uh you know, fully edited in one sort of full episode. Dude, I'm so glad I did that, to be honest yeah. with you, because I don't know why I did that, because I didn't even ask you. I just pieced it together. <laughs> that was a good idea on your part, man. It gives you, you, the listener, something to do, you know, for an hour and 40 minutes. You can watch the dirt with us and us make probably terrible jokes about the 80s, you know. <laughs> it's all right. If there was ever a time to do it, I will say it doesn't sync up perfectly, but it syncs up good enough. Yeah, you can be interested in it. You can get through it. You can tell what's going on. It'll be mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, and then so as the weeks come, we may end up banking some episodes and some material just in case one of us gets sick. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't expect to do another recording blitz till like you know the holiday season this year. But and, and you know, if if we do. And we get out of this and everything's just hunky-dory and back to normal. Uh, who knows? We might just dump them all at once. I have a, I have a week-long marathon of our 
what are we going to call this? The what's that video game where you live in the vault? Uh, oh, Fallout. Yeah, the Fallout. The, the <laughs> there we go. This is the Fallout sessions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they were there because of nuclear warfare. This is. Eh, they were there. It's just people being dirty bastards. That's what it is. I know, man. Watch your nasty ass hands. I mean, I mean, how long do you think? Eventually, the shit was going to catch up with us. Because I mean, you remember a couple of months ago when they were doing those when they tested all of the uh, uh, the touchscreen ordering monitors at McDonald's, and every single one of them had fecal matter on them. All oh, of them. God. Every one hundred percent of the of the ones tested had shit on it. Oh God. Like, uh, of course, something like this was bound to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I think now it's just like, watch, like, keep more character hygiene. Don't be so fucking careless with it, because then the shit could happen again. You know, like. Yeah, one good thing that's going to happen. Hmm? Uh, we're going to come out of this with less stupid people, because Mother Nature don't do warning labels. I mean, I hope I hope natural selection does its thing, but like <laughs> you never know. Unfortunately, it, this is basically the uh, the boomer killer. Oh. Yeah, from like the stats of it so far. That's scary times, man. Makes me scared yeah. for my family and scared for you guys listening, man. So if you guys are yeah. out there, join us on Discord during your lockdown times, because yeah. I promise you, we're gonna be bored. <laughs> We'll be there. You can, you know, send us a tweet at Guns and Radio Pod. You know, interact with us on Instagram, also at Guns and Radio Pod. Just interact with us. We're gonna try and you know keep you updated on stuff there, um, and just try and you know uh, find the way to kill time. You know, try and have fun while we're you know most like ninety percent of the time gonna be locked inside, unless we have to leave for essential like grocery shopping or anything like that. Yeah. Oh, it's a crying shame. But I mean, did you see the did you see the uh the 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 concert from Mexico City? I I saw like snippets of it, some clips like ended up on Instagram and like Twitter and stuff. I was impressed by it. The final concert on earth, at least for now. Yeah, for a while. <laughs> for a little while, let's be optimistic. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of that, like I recently just read on Twitter the rumor was like that GNR didn't want to play, apparently. But they were like, no, we shouldn't do this. But the festival promoters, I think, would have, like, sued, not sued them, or, like, would have got, like, had to get money from them or something. I had to pull this up. Hang on. So I saw someone on Twitter post about this. Yeah, I kind of saw that. Why don't you do that? I'll tell. I'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, I was a little disappointed that they didn't stream it. Which, I mean, come on, guys. What the fuck? Stream this shit. You had it all set up anyway. They were doing it. Like, why not stream this fucking concert? Give us fucking something. Yeah. I was going to say, at least we got, like, the the rehearsal clips. Those are, like, everyone's losing their shit over that. Yeah, and I believe that's why we didn't get hard school in that set list. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, like, I feel like... If, like, you know, the other shows would have went on if they weren't postponed to obvious reasons, you know. I think we would have got hard school, like, within the South American tour. Most likely. Yeah. But, man, I watched on three different Facebook streams, because one was really good. They were really close. The audio was really clear. But, uh... And it didn't even have that many people watching. It was just choppy. Like, it would yeah. go away altogether for long periods of time. And then one was really good, had good, clear audio, but the guy that was recording it wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> and so it's just some dude jabbering in Spanish all over through through the whole damn thing. And I'm in the comment section going, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear you talk. Shut up. If yeah. you're going to do this, do it right and shut the fuck up. Exactly. Um, anyway, so I found it. Uh, shout out to, on Twitter, at estrangedaxel underscore. It, the article's in Spanish, but she gave like a brief translation from like one tweet. So apparently Guns N' Roses did not want to perform in Mexico for obvious reasons, but the organizers threatened the band with a series of penalties 
as well as stating that concert goers wouldn't be reimbursed. So they're kind of like hands was forced, kind of in a way. Yeah. So like they're like you're you're fucking player. <laughs> I don't know, man. Do you think Axel would have put up with that? I mean, like it might have been Guns and Roses facing Miles, featuring Miles Kennedy, if this shit would have went down like that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like I don't know. That that's just interesting, I guess. From if that is true or not, I don't know. That was rumored about it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll know sooner than later, one way or the other. The uh, mm-hmm. somebody ought to tag Dale James in that and just ask him, see what he says on Twitter. We yeah. Good idea. Uh, I mean, the set itself, I thought, was on point. Oh, yeah. They busted out uh, so fine. So finally, we're up to your fucking attitude. So we can hear yeah. a new Duff solo uh, work piece, whatever. Yeah. And they cut out uh, The Seeker. <laughs> well, for now, at least. I don't know. Yeah, for, It's still on the set list from what I saw. I think Brando posted that. Yeah, shout out AFD show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wasn't he supposed to be... Well, fuck, I totally forgot. Wasn't he supposed to be our guest on one of these? Uh, we're trying to get him on here, but I think now with this whole... Like, yeah. Dude, I forgot all about that. ...situation of like, an epidemic going on. So, I mean, like, we're probably going to have to, like, delay that. Oh, we yeah, are have, We're going to have like, to delay that. That ain't happening. Yeah. We'll have him on in the future for sure, but I'm just like, with right now, like... It may be tough having, like, guests on. Yeah, but, I mean, we've got... I I don't blame guests for not coming on right now, and uh, everybody else out there doing your thing. uh, We appreciate you taking time to listen to the show. We're going to give you the best show we can give you. Absolutely. Thank you for, for all the support and everything. I mean, like, we've been doing pretty good the last few episodes, so I can't complain. Yeah, it's been... It's been great. But today, like I said earlier, today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're, we've been we've been we've been chatting now for almost half an hour, so I guess now we could get into the show and be just good yeah. time as any. Um, so what we're going to do today? Uh, last week on the show, when you listened in, uh, we we spun the wheel at the end, and we got Tommy demo number one. Now we mm-hmm. cannot play you any audio from Tommy Demo number one. Uh, Similar to how things went down with State of Grace. (laughs) However, we've decided we're not going to tackle it that way this time. And instead, what we're going to do is, uh, Chris and I actually listened to Tommy Demo number one prior to recording this podcast. Thank you to our anonymous friend from uh, Discord for sending that to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are from going to. I'm sorry. So from the interwebs, I mean, we don't want to get our Discord shut down. <laughs> well, it wasn't on our Discord, but okay. <laughs> oh, there we go. See, our name's clear. <laughs> so thanks, anonymous friend. Uh, we hope everything's going well in Mexico City. Oh shit! Yeah. I didn't just give away that it was Axel, did I? Oh fuck me! <laughs> God damn it! <clears throat> Okay, moving along, moving along. Uh, We listened to it, and we took notes. So with that, we're going to review Tommy Demo number one. But, as you've probably guessed from the title of this episode, we are going to play you a documentary about... Part one of a documentary about uh, Tommy Stinson. Which mm-hmm. takes place, which, I mean, it's not a long documentary yeah. that we're going to play for you. But we're going to be covering a lot of ground in that documentary. So you're going to hear, it's going to miss some things that you think are important. It's not about the replacements. I mean, it's not about anything but Tommy. Now, granted, the replacements are yeah. in there. Some of the important things are in there. But we're going to basically play a documentary that we have put together called Tommy Stinson, 1977 through 1998. And that's coming up in just a little bit. But first, let's talk about let's talk about the demo. Let's get All that right. out of the way right now because 
That's 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 uh, we're going to deliver on what we promised. We're going to talk about every song that the wheel says to talk about. Yes. Now, so it opens up with a guitar riff um, that kind of reminds me of like a, like grungy '90s kind of music. It doesn't really make me think of punk. Yeah, it's very. It's like kind of in that sort of thing, but like it's just. I think the song's like. It starts like all over the place, and like the song really is just all over the place. Then again, it is a demo song. Well, yeah, and it is Tommy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean, Tommy. Uh, Tommy Stinson is a little bit all over the place. Oh uh, boy! But it comes in, and then now the vocals on it. When Tom Tommy is leading the vocals, mm-hmm. so it's 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 kind of like going down if you've heard that, but more upbeat it's definitely an upbeat song it's not a yeah much more faster yeah not a slow song like going down Mm -hmm. and the vocals are layered and we talked about this before we started recording and you said that you think it might be axel doing the lower register yeah like around when this like leaked on reddit whatever i found like some old uh, threads on there from our our guns and roses uh someone was saying that like the rumor is that like axel was on there like Doing more of the low end, like similar to how he does, like on Shacklers. Okay. There you could see it if you really listen closely to it. You can definitely hear like someone on the low end there, and it yeah. that's Axel. Okay. Well, see, that makes sense because when we say that the layers are local or <laughs> the vocals are layered, <laughs> then we Shackler's Revenge is a really good is a really good one of song to kind of tell you guys out there who may not have access to the song immediately what we're talking about yeah. because that like when it's like i got a funny feeling and then underneath it you hear like kind of like that yeah that's really good hey there we go you know caputo we should do a karaoke show sometime i'm down <laughs> give us a few more days guys that may happen <laughs> but we only can only do junior covers. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So I can yeah. sing which top line. <laughs> <laughs> On the line. <laughs> we can only do GNR covers of songs that GNR covered. <laughs> yes. So expect a seeker on a loop for 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like that song. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I asked you this and I said, let's don't talk about it till we do this. <clears throat> I was thinking uh, Primus. It reminds me yeah. a lot of Primus, the song Dude, itself. Those, yeah, the drums especially, and like even like the way like the guitar kind of sounds, like the whole feel and like the vibe of it is very Primus esque. And I mean, like you got Brain Brian Antia, who before like he was in GNR at this time. Before that, he was in Primus. Okay, so very much. I guess carrying that sort of primus sound over in this demo. So that's probably why, because I was sitting there listening to it, like, dude, does it? Do you? Do, <laughs> I paused it while we were listening to it, and I was like, dude, does this not make me? Does this not make you think of Primus? <laughs> yeah. Fun like fact that, about Primus: they did the theme song for South Park. <laughs> <laughs> did they really? Or is that just, or is it just Les Claypool? I think it was Primus. Or just, I thought like, that Les was Fish. Claypool. No, those. I think it was. I think it was. Primus. I look this up. Hang on. Yeah, I'm look that up. Sure. I'm curious. I don't know if it was the band Primus or like one of the members of Primus. I always thought it was Fish. I guess I was wrong. Hmm. South Park theme song. <laughs> oh, hang on. I'm finding this out. It's all good. It was Primus. Yes, I was right. Okay. Oh. It was Primus. Okay. Yeah. Well, what song... Can you think of a song that embodies this this demo? Like, you, you get what I'm saying. Like, I can... This is one of those songs that seems like, like when you're watching 90s MTV and Beavis and Butthead are sitting there watching TV. Like critiquing a music video? Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like one uh-huh. of the random ones that's a band you never heard of. <laughs> oh gosh! Well, I mean, besides Primus, I, like, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the five thousand. There you go. Why not? 
Could be, but there's not enough distortion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the course comes in, and uh, it speeds up a little more. Of course, you know, there's the, the change and everything. But then there's a guitar solo. The music drops right before the guitar solo. Now, do we know who that is on guitar? Is that Tommy? Well, well Tommy was on bass, technically. So I guess this would just be like the lineup in 2000, 2001. So we have Tommy on bass, Brain on drums, uh, Think... Buckethead, maybe Paul Tobias, I guess. I yeah, I it was before Fortis. It don't um, really sound like Buckethead, though. Yeah, I mean, we don't know much about this track. I guess it's up for speculation. Yes, pretty I mean, much. Because it was just, like, leaked out of nowhere. No one knew this existed. Yeah. Like, until, you know, last year's leaks of the whole sessions and everything. Till somebody comes forward and talks about it, we're not really going to know for sure. We're going to assume yeah. it's 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 either Buckethead, uh, Paul Tobias, or um, Robin Fink. Robin Fink, yeah, yeah. Now the I, I did put in my notes that the guitar solo is kind of repetitive at first, but then it really mm-hmm. kicks in and it becomes pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I think probably that was my favorite part of the whole thing was the guitar solo, and I yeah, say that a I, lot. I agree. But you agree? Is that what you said? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Cool, cool. And then at the end, the vocals come back in very briefly, and then the guitar will start to play, and it fades out. And that's the end of the song. Yeah. And not really much we can add to it. Uh, it's a demo. It's a demo. Yeah. Uh, what What's your rating on it? Let's get that out of the way. Uh, honestly, it, it's a demo, and, like, maybe I'm going to be harsh for, like, kind of shitting on it, but, <laughs> like, I mean, like, if maybe if there's a better version that was later re-recorded, I'd probably reconsider it, but, like, I'm just going to give this a, a straight one and a half, not yeah, that it's just there. Yeah, I agree with you. It is a demo, I'm not going to be, but to, to, come, to, to grade it on the scale that we always do, one for me, too. Yeah. All right, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We've we've kept our word. We've reviewed Tommy Demo number one. Now, if you like the way we normally do songs and uh, where we listen to it, we play, we comment, and stuff like that, we are going to be doing that later on today, but in GN Extra, when our Tommy Stinson yep. day continues, and we will be listening to Motivation. The Tommy Stinson appreciation train keeps rolling on. That's right. So we actually have a plan for Extra. Look at us. We're becoming real podcast. We're growing up. We're finally real boys. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, you're going to hear our documentary about Tommy Stetson, 1977. Part one. Yeah, Tom, part one. Tommy, Tommy Stetson. 1977 through 1998. 1977. While Star Wars dominated the box office, the world of rock and roll mourned the death of the man they called the King. But somewhere deep within the city of Minneapolis, far from the public eye, 11-year-old Tommy Stinson would thump his first licks on a bass guitar. You know, I, I first I first learned how to play bass when yep. I was 11. First. Okay. Yeah, that's my first instrument. But then I quickly picked up guitar, picked up drums. Um, I pl- I'll pretty much play anything you put in front of me. Tommy, his brother Bob, Chris Mars, and Paul Westerberg formed a band that would later be known as The Replacements. Two years later, 14-year-old Tommy with his band of misfits would record a demo tape in his drummer's basement. The tape that they would give to a man named Peter Jesperson, the founder of Twin Tone Records. Paul Westerberg had brought the tape to Jesperson, hoping to land a gig for his band at a local bar where Jesperson worked nights as a DJ. Uh, running a record store, and I also DJed in our club, uh, and so I got to see all of the local musicians and the bands, and, and there was a point in... Uh, 1977 where uh, myself and a, another gentleman uh, who ran a recording studio just said we've got to start a record label because there's too many great bands here and we've got to get it we've got to document it we, we felt like we were forced to start a label it wasn't it wasn't our choice we had to do it because 
there was just so much great stuff. Uh, we were uh, probably uh, cocky and, and, uh, and naive about it to some extent, uh, but we felt uh, that what was going on in Minneapolis was every bit as good as what was going on in New York or London. In the days of Twin Tone, we were very much content to be a farm team for the major labels, and we felt like that's, that was our job, was to develop the raw talent and get it to the point where we could hand it off to a larger company. Uh, it would be good for the band. Hopefully it would be a financial reward to the label, too, for having uh, slogged it out with them in the early days. And uh, in some cases it was, and in some cases it wasn't. Less than 24 hours later, Paul would answer his ringing rotary telephone with Jefferson's voice coming through on the tiny little headset on the other side. So, do you want to do a single or an album? We moved to Minneapolis and gigged around there for about two years and signed with Twin Tone, a small label that hasn't paid us yet. One year later, the band's first record, Sorry Ma, I Forgot to Take Out the Trash, was released. Over the next several years, the replacement's journey to find their sound would continue to be documented through the records Stink, Hoot Nanny, and Let It Be. Now, you were pretty young when the band started a tour, right? Like, what, 13, uh, 14 years of age, literally? Yeah, I skipped out on the, on the education through... Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I just I quit, quit school and... Got in a rock band and went, well, as Tom, Tom Waits put it, went down the road of life. I used to have to sit in the kitchen and, you know, have someone watching over to me, make, make sure I wasn't uh, watching the strippers or drinking booze. Financially, the band was not doing so well. The records weren't selling well enough for their small-time label to justify further promotion. However, their latter effort, Let It Be, began to catch the eyes of America, and more importantly, the ear of many major record labels. Then, in mid-January of 1985, the band got a call that would forever change their lives. They were asked to perform on the January 18th edition of NBC's hit weekend show, Saturday Night Live. This was the band's first real chance to show the world what they were made of. And some might say that's exactly what they did. Their drunken, profanity-laced disaster of a performance enraged NBC executives, leading to the replacements being banned from ever appearing on the show again. Here's what Saturday Night Live musical director G.E. Smith had to say. They were uh, somebody I loved. I had pushed to get them on. That's one of the bands I had definitely pushed to get them on. I think the record companies were probably putting In those days, you know, the record companies would also be bombarding the show because it was where you could showcase a new act or an act that had a record coming in and uh, they came on now I'm not talking out of school when I say they were known as a drinking band and on Thursday they had kept their, themselves together pretty good at camera blocking they, they were, were another band that was not happy about having to play the song several times in a row but they Paul Westerberg is enough of a pro that he got him through it. I love his writing. I love their songs, the sound of that band. And Saturday, they did the, the dress rehearsal and it was okay. But when it got to the air show, by then it had been too long in the dressing room and too much beer. And uh, The guitar player actually fell down on the way out to the stage and fell on his guitar and broke his guitar. And I think I gave him one of mine to play or something. There was a guitar that was around and we gave it to him to play and he played on that. And they still sounded great because they were used to playing that sloppy drunk. You know, they were used to that. So they were fine. But there were some scary moments before yeah. some of the guest bands. <laughs> yeah, the, the, see, it, it gets, it's been blown out of proportion through the years. I mean, we really were, we were like, we were wild and we did drugs and drank a whole lot when we first started touring, but that's because, I mean, we didn't have enough money to really sit down and eat, and we didn't want to go, you know, after not bathing for a week, go sit in some restaurant. We, we did wild shit, but it, it's been, it still travels with us now because people see us flop at one gig and blame it right down on, like, booze and stuff, and 
we could be stone cold sober and just not feel like planning people just just don't get it they just think we're drunk all the time by august 1986 bob stinson left the replacements and the band's rapid self-destruction would finally start to get the best of the once tight-knit group on July 4th, 1992, the replacements would play their final show. End of the, the last Matt's tour was like, you know, we both, Paul and I both knew that some, we're, you know, we're going to do something else. Whether it was permanent or not, he needed to do something and, and I had to do something because I didn't want to like find a job. He would go on to form a new band called Bash and Pop in 1993. Their debut album, Friday Night is Killing Me, would be released that same year. Yeah, Steve Foley's on drums, and this guy Caleb Palmer plays bass, and Steve Brentsick plays guitar. So many Apple guys. Yeah, didn't, I didn't audition anyone. I just said, we're friends, let's go have a beer, let's play. That's a little more important, I think, than trying to find the perfect musicians, I think. Guys you can get along with, because you can always learn to you know, be a band. However... Bash and Pop were only a band in name alone, as Tommy Stinson found himself recording almost the entire album solely by himself. The record would be completed with the help of numerous other guest musicians, including several members of Tom Petty's band, The Heartbreakers. The album received mixed reviews upon its release, but the song Making Me Sick would be included in the soundtrack for the 1994 cult movie directed by Kevin Smith called Clerks. This would prove to be too little too late, though. Bash and Pop would not make it through 1994 and disbanded before the end of that year. I'm a band guy. I, I, I'm not into, you know, and, and not to say that Paul isn't. I just think that, you know, that's the way people, people wanted to see a Paul Westerberg solo record. I wasn't into making a Tommy Stinson solo record. I wanted to, even though for the most part it is, you know, I didn't really want to portray it that way. And I'd like, I'd like to have a band. nineteen ninety six. Tommy Stinson at age thirty finally seemed to be a part of a band that at least somewhat was able to get their shit together and make some music. This band was called Perfect. Their EP when Squirrels Play Chicken had been released to positive reviews. By nineteen ninety seven the band wrapped up their debut album. Everyone was sure that once the fan base which wiped the ninety six EP from the shelves finally got their hands on this perfect album that the group would finally become a staple in the rock scene for years to come. Meanwhile, while Tommy's new perfect band was enjoying success, the band once considered to be rock and roll's most dangerous band was falling apart from the inside. First their heroin addicted drummer, then their strange rhythm guitarist, then their lead guitarist, and finally their bassist all would quit the band by the end of 1997. Fate's cold hand would also be felt for Tommy Stinson and the members of Perfect. In 1998, their completed debut album was shelved by their record label during a merger with Regency Pictures. Over the next year and a half, Tommy Stinson was forced to watch as his perfect band slowly dissolved into obscurity. Tommy began to regroup. He'd been here before. This wasn't the first promising band he'd been a part of that never quite got off the ground, and Tommy knew that this would not be his swan song. Uh, I joined, uh, a friend of mine was uh, playing drums for, for Guns when they were making Chinese Democracy. And uh, he, he said that Duff had quit, and, I, and he asked me just jokingly if I wanted to come try out. And I said, nah, not so much. And then, uh, and then he kept, we were doing a session together uh, for a woman named Joan Jones. Yeah. And um, he, he kept asking me if I wanted to come out and try it, so I finally said, I'll come out and fucking play with you. He's a really good friend of mine, so I thought, if anything, I'd just go play with my friend Josh, you know. Oh. And they called me back and asked me if I wanted to be in the band, I said, eh, you know, sure. The deal had been made, and it was set in stone. Ink puts a paper. The contract read, Tommy Stinson, bass guitarist for Guns N' Roses. All right, everybody. We hope you enjoyed that little documentary. Like I said, it's not very long. Uh, we had fun making it, though. And uh, wanted to give a little a little shout-out and a little love to Tommy before uh, before we close this out. And that way we can fill this out and have a full-fledged, great episode. Give you something to make up for the, for the uh, lack of a review. 
Yeah, and, uh, and I mean, like, yeah. I know you, you even brought up to my attention how, like, Tommy Stinson, I don't think, ever got, like, the due, the cred due credit from a lot of GNR fans. Like, no one's ever, like, I don't ever see, like, Hardcore's even, like, mention him that much. So yeah. I think it's nice to, you know, give some appreciation because, like, he was there for, fuck, 15 years? More? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, has Tommy been in. Was Tommy in GNR longer than Def? Probably. Well, from 98 to say, let's say 2014, 2015. I think it was 14. 14. So, uh, 14 years. Duff was there from what, like 85? Yeah. So, there. I mean. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, it was cool show him some love and in the future we may do this for other uh various members of the band depending on what uh comes up on the wheel what we come up with and how this does and your reaction to this whether or not you guys like it uh mm-hmm. you know it was something different what we for did sure. say at the beginning this was going to be a different episode so with that you want to spin the wheel and see what we're doing next time yeah let's spin that wheel all right let's do it Oh yeah, and don't forget, go over to Extra. We're going to be reviewing Motivation today. Yeah, man, gunsandradio.com. Damn right. Serve you right by Slash. Serve you right by Slash. Ooh, okay. All right. All right, so that'll be, uh, that'll be something nice. Yeah, man, back to some Slash. I'm down for that. Yep. Slash... Miles Kennedy and them boys it's always conspiring yep. conspiring that's the word they're conspiring on some shit <laughs> and uh, you can join us next week uh, let's just say our next episode in these uncertain times will yeah. be serve you right by slash maybe tomorrow it may be in three days yeah if everything mm-hmm. goes to plan, it'll be a week. In episode 34, we're going to review Serve You Right by Slash. Yes, sir. And that's going to happen. And uh, let us know what you thought about this format, though, for this episode. Let us know your thoughts and comments on Discord, mm-hmm. on Twitter, however you choose to interact with us. And uh, we sure. would really appreciate your feedback on this one, because it is something new for us. We've never done anything like this. Yeah. So... Uh, we hope it comes out great. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, Chris, do you got anything you want to say before we go home for the day? No, just uh, you know, give a give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Guns and Radio Pod. I can't forget to you know plug the next bonus show goal. Oh yeah, 200 Instagram followers. We're gonna do another bonus show. Uh, let you guys vote on that. Um, so don't forget, keep following us on Instagram. Tell everyone, you know, they're at home. You can follow us on Instagram now. So there's no excuses. Yeah. There really isn't. But uh, yeah. with that, uh, I guess I guess we're out, man. We'll see you next week. Yeah, man. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Peace. is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.